0: Welcome to the latest edition of NSPE Speaks, a podcast from the National Society of Professional Engineers. NSPE is the only national organization dedicated to addressing the professional concerns of licensed professional engineers. NSPE Speaks brings you segments focusing on NSPE and state society news and advocacy, ethics topics, and ways that the society is working for the PE community. We'll also feature exclusive conversations with PEs, as well as fun and off-the-beaten-path topics. Your hosts are me, Associate Editor Danielle Boygan.
1: Senior Staff Writer and Content Editor Eva Kaplan-Leiserson.
0: Staff
2: Writer Matthew McLaughlin.
1: And Senior Manager of Public Relations and Outreach, Stacey Ober.
0: We're going to kick off this edition of our podcast with the latest society news.
1: As you may have heard, NSPE has been hard at work on the issue of autonomous vehicles, The goal is to ensure that the same standards of safety and reliability that went into the built transportation infrastructure go into autonomous vehicles and the related transportation systems. NSPE has been a leading advocate of the need for licensed professional engineers to be involved with the development, the testing, and the safety certification of autonomous vehicles in order to protect the public health, safety, and welfare. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is now working on federal regulations for the deployment of autonomous vehicles, uh, fully autonomous vehicles. And on April 8th, uh, NSPE Executive Director Mark Golden spoke at a federal hearing at the Department of Transportation here in Washington, D.C. NSPE does recognize the promise of autonomous vehicles, but The Society wants to emphasize that there are still major engineering, technological, and ethical limitations that need to be addressed. Golden pointed out that factors such as weather or road conditions are common and can be unpredictable, and they can create hazardous conditions that don't allow for a failed or delayed response. He said that autonomous vehicles and intelligent road systems require attention while the technology is still emerging. And that attention should come from people with the technical expertise, but also the ethical and safety accountabilities. And we know that that's licensed professional engineers.
3: We also have some updates on our latest work with the EPA in two separate areas. The first is our ongoing work following the Gold King mine disaster uh, that happened last year where a blowout at the Colorado mine resulted in the release of more than three million gallons of toxic wastewater that polluted rivers in three states. Uh, You may have heard about NSP's involvement with this. We are playing a leading role in the aftermath, working with Representative Bruce Westerman, PE of Arkansas, and others to minimize similar incidents and to require a licensed professional engineer in responsible charge of all federal engineering projects. So in March, NSPE drafted a letter to EPA Administrator Gina McCarthy to offer NSP's expertise following the release of the Department of the Interior's report and subsequent congressional hearings on the issue. And on April 13th, we actually received a letter from the EPA where they requested that NSPE review and provide input to a best practices report and a checklist that the agency is developing in response to the Gold King mine disaster. NSPE is also working with the EPA on a separate issue, and that is where they asked for comment on a proposed rule that would require PEs as part of the audit team in third-party certifications, This action is in response to catastrophic chemical facility incidents in the U.S., including an explosion at a fertilizer facility in West Texas in 2013 that killed 15 people. Their goal is to ensure that the involvement of, in those specific words of the EPA, competent auditors that also have an ethical obligation to perform unbiased work in the interest of protecting the public health, safety, and welfare. In the EPA's proposed rule, the agency specifically references the PE's ethical obligation as part of the rationale, in addition to expertise and qualifications, for why it's recommending the PE requirement. At minimum, an SPE emphasizes a PE should serve on the audit team, but preferably as the lead on that team. And we've submitted a comment to this effect, as have 17 of our state societies. kind of an unprecedented amount of contributions and a really, really great example of a national state partnership and messaging.
0: NSPE is definitely moving forward on national initiatives, yet the society does remain uh, committed to uh, tackling state issues as well and working with state societies to make sure that licensure requirements uh, and the role of the PE isn't diminished. Recently, a bill introduced in the Louisiana legislature seeks to waive the FE exam for certain out-of-state PEs, which weakens the state's licensure requirements. In March, NSP President Tim Austin sent a letter to the Senate Commerce, Consumer Protection, and International Affairs Committee Chairman Danny Martini to explain that the FE exam is the first step to obtaining licensure. Passage of the bill would seriously undermine a critical foundation of professional engineering practice.
2: The National Society also got involved when the Alaska Society of Professional Engineers got wind of a state agency challenging the value of having P.E.s involved in providing and maintaining water and sanitation systems for rural and native villages. NSPE and the State Society joined together to inform the agency of what it means to have a P.E. role within critical infrastructure. In April, a joint statement to the Rural Utilities Service, which is within the Department of Agriculture, detailed NSPEs and the Alaska Society's disagreement with a final rule that diminishes the role of the PE's involvement in essential services, such as clean water infrastructure. The agency is currently reviewing the role in conjunction with the Engineering Department. And perhaps the best news of all, the 2016 Professional Engineers Conference is coming up and is less than two months away now. June 22nd through 26th, and it stands to be, certainly, the biggest and best of all. It is in Texas.
1: Very true. (laughs) There are some great sessions coming up. Uh, For instance, one of NSPE's big focuses, uh, the Autonomous Vehicles, is going to be there with several sessions, and there will be one on the coming robots revolution. I don't know if we should be worried or not. I'm a little worried. I don't know. (laughs)
2: Skynet. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Stephen Hawking
2: says we should be worried. So, speaking of, we act, there's also another session on the engineering impacts of drone technology.
3: Yeah, that one's a, that one's will be interesting. There's also the engineering overview of Dallas's $798 million transportation project. That's a lot of money, as well as some real and perceived concerns about hydraulic fracturing, and um, one of the things that we do well, which is talking about like the changing regulations
0: and and rules for professional engineers right so there's the opportunity to earn at least 15 pdhs yep. uh, through this conference in addition to a lot of networking opportunities so it should be good for our members definitely i mean i'm excited one of the biggest
3: networking opportunities i think and the coolest is going to be the private viewing and dinner at the perot museum of nature and science which by the way was number five on Tripadvisor's list of things to <laughs> do in dallas well there you go all right
2: they're also going to be touring AT&T Stadium on the day before that, on Wednesday, June 22nd. Uh, okay. Which is good, because it's not a game of... Well, know, yeah,
3: because, you know, it's the it's home of the... I can't even say it. I live out, I mean, I'm a Redskins fan. I can't even <laughs> say it. It's the home of what?
0: So it depends on your team, you know. You might
2: so no
3: offense to our go. Dallas
2: Cowboy fans <laughs> okay, down, down in Texas. Fans. We got a lot of loyal members down in Texas. Yes, we do. So.
3: And we're looking forward to seeing all of them in less than two months, right? Yep. Yep. Sounds good. Anything else uh, we should know about for the conference or? Registration is still going on, so get your ticket. That's right. And you can follow the hashtag, which is NSPETX. 16. Um, like we said before, this is a joint conference
2: between NSPE and our awesome Texas Society of Professional Engineers. So, Thanks, Stacy. That's awesome. And remember, listeners, if you would like any more information on PCON or any of the other news items we've covered so far, be sure to go to our show notes at www.nspe.org forward slash podcast. Or you can email us your questions or hate mail for those Dallas Cowboys comments at <laughs> Podcasts at nspe.org.
3: And to follow all of that up with even more exciting news, um, earlier this month, DiscoverE, which was formerly National Engineers Week Foundation, announced the winners of its annual New Faces of Engineering program designed to honor the next generation of engineering leaders and highlight their contributions to society. I had the awesome pleasure of sitting down with this year's NSPE New Face of Engineering, Gus Boschert, to ask him about his engineering background, the award, and his bright future. Take a listen. So hi Gus, thanks for coming in to talk with us. Um, you want to tell our listeners a little bit more about you, what you do, and
4: sure, I'd be happy to. Um, I work here in Alexandria. I'm a military operations analyst for with Systems Planning and Analysis Incorporated, and that job really is not a traditional engineering job. But most of my works, uh, most of my work, most of my projects have focused on engineering related issues. And that stems from my military background. I was an army engineer for six years before before I left the army and, and moved to this area.
3: So then um, why did you decide to apply for the New Faces of Engineering
4: Award? Uh, you know, I was actually, it's a good question because I, I don't really remember how I first heard about the award. And I think it had to do with, I was looking around uh, the Discovery website Trying to see what what kind of resources they had for outreach and things like that. Where um, one of the things that we're trying to do with my local NSPE chapter is increase our outreach um, outreach presence here in Northern Virginia, and I wanted to see what if, if there was anything I could leverage from Discovery, and happened upon this uh, awards, and I think it was like two or three weeks from the award deadline. I was like, well, I, I'm eligible for that one. Let's see what happened. Yeah, um, And, you know, I was really honored to be to be selected. I really had no anticipation that that would, that that would occur.
3: So, Well, we're honored to have you. Um, can you give us maybe just a really quick why you're a member of NSPE
4: oh, absolutely. in the first place? So really, when I was in college, there were a lot of um, uh, emphasis on joining professional organizations and a lot of my professors were uh, were professional engineers some of them were members of NSPE a lot were members of Society of American Military Engineers uh, which is also headquartered here in, in Alexandria but there was a lot of emphasis on that and in college I didn't really understand the value to be honest and there was a lack of I think foresight on my part largely because you know one of the big benefits is networking and meeting people in other other parts of the industry and other um other areas and other people locally that are interested in engineering. And because I was, you know, out of college going into the army and I knew that going in that I was like, well, I don't need to network and look for <laughs> look for a job or anything like that because I knew what my uh what my career path initially would be when I got out of the the army though. Um I realized that, you know, networking and, and meeting more people was a, a valuable thing. And really, the, the from a practical perspective, joining NSPE gave, uh, you know, you have the three-tiered membership mm-hmm. concept, so you're a member of NSPE, a member of the state society, and then a member of your local chapter. If you were a member of NSPE, the, their, I think Minnesota Society of Professional Engineers has a, a discount on their PE review class. And so it... it actually offset the membership, the discount was the same. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I might as well become a member of this society. And then very, very shortly after that is when, uh, we first did the discover engineering family day thing. And so I, I really got, uh, kind of involved through that. And after being involved at the national level with discover engineering family day, and then that same year that I joined was an annual meeting was here in, um, here in DC. Mm-hmm. So I was able to do some of the events with, with the annual meeting and I thought, you know, why, well, we really should have a local chapter here because there are a lot of engineers here in Northern Virginia and we don't have, uh, an active chapter. We, we had a, a kind of an at large membership here. And so when I was asked if we would do the, uh, if I was interested in having a local chapter, it, it was a very clear value proposition for me. So.
3: And our last question. Um, this is always a good one. This is always interesting. <laughs> we get to find out um, if you were not an engineer, what do you think you would be and why?
4: Yeah, that I, that is a good question. I really, yeah, you know, as I mentioned, growing up, I I wanted to be an engineer all along. So I I think that question really, if I could do anything else, and I'm going to take that to to mean like you know, money is not an option and I don't have
3: anything, uh, anything. um,
4: Yeah, and so I can pursue whatever hobbies I'd like. I think I really, uh, I lived in Colorado for a while when I was in the army and I really, really enjoyed skiing and, and whitewater rafting and rock climbing and stuff like that. And so I think if I could do anything else and money wasn't an option, I would either, uh, be a ski bum or a a river guide or, uh, like a national parks ranger or something like that. So I can spend a lot more time outside.
3: Well, thank you. That was the last question I have. And, uh, so thank you so much for coming in. And again, congratulations.
4: Oh. And again, I'm honored to, to represent NSPE in this way. It was unexpected. Uh, and there are a lot of great honorees, uh, from the other organizations and a lot of the other runners up were also, you know, really accomplished. And so I, I really feel honored to be selected from among such an esteemed group.
3: And you can find out even more about GUS and all of our New Faces uh, nominees this year uh, by visiting the
1: show notes. In our May-June PE magazine, we have an important cover feature. If you, if you haven't read it, Tragic Reminders is on the critical need for licensed professional engineers in responsible charge of engineering projects in order to prevent disasters. Recent incidents that we've had, like the Gold King mine, toxic waste spill, safety concerns at the Washington, D.C. metro that prompted a 29-hour shutdown, which was unprecedented, and, of course, the tragic Flint water crisis, remind us that PEs, licensed PEs, need to be involved at all stages of design, maintenance, and operation of engineering projects. They need to be considered not only carrying out projects, but they need to be considered as part of the decisions made by non-technically trained professionals. Of course, PEs are not infallible, there have been PEs that have been charged in relation to the Flint case, judgment is still forthcoming. But as NSP President Tim Austin pointed out, licensed PEs give the public the best opportunity to understand the consequences of complex technical decisions.
0: As you mentioned, Eva, professional engineers and responsible charge of engineering projects to prevent disasters is important, ethics is also important. In the May-June issue of P.E. Magazine, another feature focused on scandals involving technical failures and ethical behavior. Over the past few years, uh, there have been front-page scandals involving these failures with Volkswagen, General Motors, and Takata Corporation. What do these scandals mean for professional engineers? Some professional engineers and ethics experts believe it's time for a renewed emphasis on professional integrity, and ethical business cultures. I spoke with NSP Board of Ethical Review Chair, Daniel O'Brien, who believes that these scandals are prime examples of a failure in the duty to report, which is ingrained in the NSP Code of Ethics. They also bring to light the potential conflict that engineers may face when they're obligated to protect the safety, health, and welfare of the public while acting as faithful agents of their employers or clients. The NSPE Code of Ethics does indicate that when you can't work in an ethical manner with a manager or client, you need to withdraw from a project. It's also important that P.E.s take an ethical stand, um, whether that's, you know, like I said, speaking out and reporting the failure to an agency. Uh, you need to do what you have to do, and that article focuses on those critical areas.
3: And when you talk about ethics, Danielle, what I mentioned earlier before, when the EPA is looking for to require PEs as part of the audit team in third party certifications, the proposed rule specifically references the PE's ethical obligation as part of their rationale for even developing that rule.
0: One of the goals of the podcast is to engage our listeners and to get their participation and feedback, even if that means that you're a Houston Texan fan and you want to write in about the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, we definitely <laughs> welcome that, but we definitely want to hear your feedback on other issues that are important to NSPE. Definitely. In the last podcast, one of our listener participation topics focused on a BER case that addressed the challenges of PEs and engineering firms taking on public projects and the use of eminent domain. I also had a chat with NSPE legal counsel, Arthur Schwartz, and he shared the ethical obligations of PEs during these types of situations. In this particular BER case, a PE works for a firm that has a contract with the state to specify a route for a road connecting two towns. The PE determines the best workable route. However, in order to build the shortest route, the state would be required to address the impact to a historic family farmhouse on the land required for the route. The owner of the house has no interest in selling it to the state or to anyone else. The PE is aware that the state can exercise eminent domain. In this case, what are the PE's professional and ethical obligations under the circumstances? Uh, The BER case that I read is number 15-2, titled, The Engineer's Obligation to Consider Feasible Options. In this case, the Board of Ethical Review's position is that the engineer has an ethical obligation to balance the interests of all interested and relevant parties, including the state, the two towns in question, and the owners of the historic family farmhouse. The engineer has an obligation to advise the state on all feasible and reasonable solutions in an attempt to reach an amicable resolution of this matter, consistent with the interests of the public, including physically moving the historic farmhouse to another appropriate site owned by the family or another party. Uh, BER has cases posted on the NSP website, uh, which is good to give you ethical resources and to help you when you're dealing with issues of conflict or just the role of the engineer. So it's always a good place to look at the BER cases just to get some um information that you may need on these t- particular issues.
1: For our final segment, we have another listener participation opportunity. The 2016 Raytheon Math Counts National Competition took place May 7th through 10th in Washington, DC. You can find more about the competition and the winners on mathcounts.org. But MathCounts is a national nonprofit that works to engage middle school students in fun and challenging math programs to expand their academic and professional opportunities. NSPE is a founding sponsor of Math Counts. And I spoke with Lou Dejoya, the executive director of Math Counts, to ask him a few questions about the program, and he has a math challenge for you all. And you can listen in to find out if you're a good as good as a middle school mathlete. Send your answers to the challenge to podcasts with an s at nspe.org. And Lou is offering some cool Math Counts swag as as a prize. Hi Lou, thanks for joining me today to talk a little bit about Math Counts. Start out, just tell me a little bit about what the organization is about for listeners who aren't familiar with it.
5: Absolutely, well thanks for having me. Uh, so Math Counts, we do fun and challenging math programs for middle school kids. We do three programs right now. We are best known for the Math Counts Competition Series, which is a nationwide math competition for students in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. We also do the National Math Club, which is a program designed to give fun math club opportunities to students that want to do that that does not have a competitive uh, edge to it. And we also do the Math Video Challenge, which is an online video contest for students.
1: Great. Great. And I know that NSPE has been a longtime partner. Talk a little bit about how NSPE has been involved.
5: Absolutely. So NSPE was one of the founders of Math Counts uh, way back in 1983. And we have been so fortunate that NSPE volunteers to this day are the volunteer backbone structure of our organization. Uh, Math Counts, we reach over 100,000 students every year. And we do that through over 500 local chapter competitions, and all those chapter events are run by and managed by NSPE volunteers. So we're really excited to have you know such support, both in terms of how long it's been going on and, and how geographically diverse that support is.
1: That's wonderful. And talk a little bit about the importance of the program. Uh, What what does it help uh, kids do? I mean, either they they increase their math skills, but why is it an important program?
5: They increase their math skills. Any student who does the competition series will be better at math at the end of the day. But I think what's even more important, and what we hear in our feedback from students, is that Math Counts programs change student attitudes about math, about their own problem-solving abilities. Really, in middle school, that can be life-changing. If a student in eighth grade realizes that they're not just bad at math, right, and that it's not for them, and they have a fun experience and they realize, hey, I can do this, uh, it can really set them up to, to continue that, that pathway into high school, into college, and into a STEM career. And that's what we see happen with our students.
1: That's great. That's great. And hopefully uh, get some engineers out of it as well. Absolutely. <laughs> we
5: do. Well, we know that. We know that there is a large number of students who do math counts that go into engineering and the rates are much higher than the average student. And I absolutely think that the math counts experience helps them see that creative problem solving is fun. And we have so many students who come back and say uh, they went on to become engineers because they realized that math and creative problem solving is something that they would get to do. And they learned about that through math counts.
1: Oh, how wonderful. And we always want to uh, increase that pipeline. So that's great. Yes. For listeners who have not been involved before and and do want to participate and help out and and be involved with this fun activity, how how can they
5: help? Lots of ways to volunteer. So uh, again, I mentioned we have 500 chapter events, so we're in all 50 states. We also have uh, state competitions in 56 states and territories. So if you're a member and you want to get involved, You can contact MathCounts, MathCounts.org. You can go to our website to get information. You can email us, our phone number's there, and we can put you in touch with a local volunteer uh, in your area who is running those events, and they can tell you how you can get involved and and help out. Lots of ways to participate either in schools uh, or at the chapter events.
1: Great, and we'll put some of those links and email addresses in the show notes for the the podcast online at nspe.org forward slash podcasts. Okay, so I've attended uh, the Math Counts National Finals before, and those kids were amazingly good and just blew me out of the water. I, I could not do what they do. <laughs> so let's see if some of our listeners can, can prove their math worth against them. You have a question um, for us from last year that uh, we're going to pose.
5: That's right. So the math question is, how many increasing arithmetic pro- progressions of exactly six terms Contain both the terms fifteen and twenty.
1: Okay. Well, um, since I am an English major, I will not be answering that. But I know you all will do a great job with it and um, send in your your answers for for uh, a swag offering? That's right. Offer so us.
5: so that question came from our national competition last year. Anybody, you know, the person who sends in emails that the correct answer and wins the drawing, uh, will get one of our Math Counts National Competition t-shirts from this year, which actually lists every winning question from every Math Counts National Competition on it.
1: Sounds great. We will uh, look forward to getting all your answers. And thanks so much, Lou. I really appreciate your time today.
5: Oh, thank you for having me. This was great.
1: Send your answers to podcasts at nspe.org. That's with an S. Lou is offering some great math count swag as a prize. If we have multiple right answers, we'll draw a name to find out who gets the swag.
0: And it should be interesting to see who thinks that uh, they're smarter than a sixth grader. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And if you have any suggestions or
3: ideas for future topics for our future podcasts or just want to give us any feedback, feel free
1: to shoot us an email. Again, that's podcasts at nspe.org. And you can find our show notes, again, at nspe.org forward slash podcasts with an S. So thanks so much for listening to our uh, second episode of NSPE Speaks.
2: See you in Dallas, y'all.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Y'all come back now, you hear?